0: Hi, uh just quick warning for the upcoming episode. Sadly, it uh the, the audio borked a bit. It decided to record from my webcam because I, I guess because I I reset my webcam, like I unplugged it and replugged it in recently, so my computer automatically was like, Okay, so you want this to be your default audio device, right? Um so that is sadly the audio you're you're getting that that's my webcam audio i've done what i could to kind of like try to clear out some of the background noise and whatnot before i even realized what was going on uh well the the episode was already done i i literally went to check when i was starting to edit the audio and i was like wait why does this sound so weird it's definitely not this microphone It's, it's some other microphone what which one is it going for and then trying to figure out how to change it, it, it it's it been a headache. It is now currently 4.35 on on Monday, just for context for y'all. Um, the episode goes out at 8 o'clock in the morning, so I can't re-record it. I, I don't have time to re-record it and edit it and whatnot. So, sadly, th- this is just going to have to do. I am very sorry that the audio is is quite so bad. <laughs> But hopefully, hopefully you kind of ease into it and it's vaguely listenable. Um, But otherwise, yeah, (laughs) please enjoy me rambling on about uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Once again, sorry. Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host, Leo, and today we are continuing our Godzilla journey with Ghidorah the three-headed monster. So, this is the second movie on the list provided by the director of Godzilla Minus One. And it is overall in the Godzilla list of movies, the one, two, three, four, it's the fifth movie. And it is the introduction of King Ghidorah. Uh, so, th- th- this one's a little bit of a A little bit of an oddball here and there. But overall, I would say it is a pretty decent film. Uh, (laughs) So my history with this specific film, because last time I went over kind of my history with the franchise and whatnot, um, it is part of the DVD collection that I have. So, of course, you would assume I've watched it. And you would be right. I, I have. I did indeed watch it. Though I had forgotten that I watched it. It took me a good 10 or so minutes to fully click, yeah, I have seen this one. Now, uh, I do chalk that up to me mostly being a bit of a a silly goose and not paying attention a lot of the time to the human bits of Godzilla movies, Uh, especially when I was younger. Even though now I've grown to kind of appreciate the human bits. They're they're where a lot of the actual story comes from. And especially in this one, like, it's kind of needed to pay attention to the human bits. Because Godzilla's barely in it. Hell, even the titular Ghidorah is barely in it. Uh, Which is kind of disappointing, because this is like the big team-up movie. It's the big coming-together of a lot of stuff. It was the end game of its time, <laughs> or at least the Infinity War. Uh, except for it, it, it falls very flat. It doesn't really build up that hype because one, this is—it's only the fifth movie in in this franchise. Technically, the true end game of of the Godzilla franchise still lays with Final Wars, but that will be for a time. Way down the line. But, anywho. With that said, we... This is the second of the Showa movies that are part of that list. I believe the next one is not a Showa movie. Because it is Giant Monsters All Out Attack, which is a 2001 film. So, no. (laughs) It It is not. Anywho. So, let's kind of start delving in. Like I said, I, I had forgotten that I had watched it for a bit. And there, there are a, it's a few issues that we will get into. So, first, the movie opens up with spoilers um, throughout the title sequence. Um, in this sequence, we are shown many images of the final battle of the film. Uh, Over, over, you know, the cast and directors, and, you know, the cast and crew of the film. But it kind of does spoil a lot of the film, sadly. But then, after the credits finish rolling, it opens up to a UFO society. Uh, They are listening out into space to see if they get any messages from beyond our atmosphere and they're getting nothing. So, who do they blame for this? The fact that they probably have never heard UFOs, the fact that um maybe the weather wasn't right. No, they they blame the random reporter that's just there. This is one of our main characters, the reporter. She, well, she's a she's more just a normal journalist technically. She works for TV studio question mark she's going out trying to find like oddities or mysteries of the 20th century as i believe what her program is called and so she went to the UFO society to talk to them but they feel that because she is a non-believer she's fucking up the transmission that the aliens can sense her her negative thoughts, and they're like, fuck you guys, we won't talk to you. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, we're pretty sure. And she's like, okay, whatever. Then suddenly, there's a UFO. So they they rush over to their, you know, telescopes and whatnot and look to the stars to see that it's, it's just meteorites. So they kind of all calm down But then, cut, to a police station. In this police station, there's a guy. We'll call him the cop. Honestly, I do not remember any of their names. Because a lot of them just kind of skip by. (laughs) Their names and whatnot kind of skip by. Uh, He, it turns out, we find out a little bit later, is the brother of the journalist... And he has been assigned a very important task. He is going to be the bodyguard for a princess who is from like a very small nation who is coming to Japan for protection because it is believed that there is going to be an assassination attempt on her life in order to let someone else ascend the throne. But, shock horror, we cut to said princess as... An assassination attempt is happening. So, well, actually, we cut to the nation's, like, the small nation's, like, palace, I guess, where they're being asked, like, is the bomb set and whatnot, and the assassination attempt is a bomb planted on the plane. So, we cut to the plane. She's just kind of chilling out, when all of a sudden she's looking out a window and gets beamed in the face with some kind of light and is given telepathic messages to get the hell out of this plane. So she does. She, like, gets up, calmly walks while the the voice is, like, freaking out. She gets up, walks to the door, and just, like, jumps out.
1: Plane explodes. We cut away. Then... We see
0: a meteor crash to the earth, and now we're kind of following some of the hubbub about that. A research group goes up into the mountains to investigate the meteorite. Then we go to back to the police station where he's like, so when do I pick up the princess? And the chief's like, "Ah, oh, uh, don't worry about that anymore. She died. The plane exploded
1: then well that that's about
0: about that <laughs> well, then it comes out that there's like a a prophet spouting stuff, and the journalist is sent out to to see what's up with with the prophet, and it turns out the prophet is almost certainly the princess, and when the news gets around. The cop realizes, "Oh shit, that's that's the princess." So he's trying to convince the chief that that's the case and whatnot. But the chief's like, "Oh, you know, if she was the princess, she would have a bracelet on her wrist." So we we can't be a hundred percent certain about that. So the princess slash prophet has been spouting that she is from Venus. And she is here to warn people about the issues that are literally about to happen. Uh, Specifically, she's there to warn about Ghidorah, but she kind of beats around the bush a bit, trying to get people to convinced about her, by warning them that something is going to happen at a nearby mountain. I believe it's... Asa, (laughs) me... But uh, something's going to happen at the mountain. Then it just kind (laughs) of leaves. The the journalist is given the assignment to try to sign her to a contract to run a story on her, or series of stories on her. I don't fully get that bit of the plot, but it is what it is. Um, meanwhile, the cop is trying to convince, um, the chief that, hey, we need to do something. That's pretty much his plot for a good chunk of it. But then we cut to what's going on at the mountain. Because, like, when the journalist is assigned to, you know, sign her to a contract, an exclusive contract or whatever... Um, she's going everywhere looking for her. Runs into her brother, they stop for a coffee. Then, the researcher from the mountain comes down and has been talking with the the sister. There's some potentially implied romantic thing going on between the, the researcher and her. Jokingly, but maybe seriously, it's never explored to be honest. Uh, That's a plot thread that was laid down and then just kind of swept away. Uh, Because I'm like, meh, let's not deal with that. Same with, like, the romance between the cop and the princess. Again, laid down and then swept away. At least that one they kind of address, sort of. Uh, But while they're chilling in the cafe all of them having ordered the same drink, funnily enough, <laughs> um, they see a report that the Prophet is at the mountain now. And, because after the first announcement that she gave that there was, something was going to go happen at the mountain, you know, a bunch of journalists went to the mountain and were like, hey, is is there something wrong with the mountain? And the guy was like, nah, it's fine. The, the neighboring one is, you know, more problematic than this one. So, no clue what the lady from Venus is saying. But when she goes there and is warning people away, saying, hey, you guys need to leave now, no one's taking her seriously. A guy's hat falls into the crater. um, And some dude goes down for the equivalent of two bucks to, to go get the hat. Um... At least two bucks uh, nowadays. I don't know what it would have been around 1964. <laughs> no clue. But, anywho, he goes down. And her big warning is that it's not going to be an eruption. It's going to be Rodan. Rodan will return. Soon. Like, now soon. But they're like, nah, it's, what. You, pff, we're fine. So the guy scrambles down, but then all of a sudden, Rodan pops his head out of the mountain. It's like looking around. And, you know, there's an issue.
1: So Rodan takes off, goes,
0: and kind of cutscene there. There's some scenes of Rodan destruction, but otherwise, it cuts away. It, uh it leaves then later the the uh little fairy women that uh kind of portent mothra uh they were in japan
1: doing a variety show for
0: some reason um (laughs) because earlier when when we find out that the cop and the sister are, you know, related, or the cop and the journalist are related, uh, they both go home. He goes and they're sitting by the TV. They turn on their mom's favorite program, and it's called, like, Where Are They Now? Why it's called that, I don't entirely know. But basically, the gimmick of the show is they get on a, a guest, like, just a random person that wants to see us meet some person. And so they'll get that person. These two guys bring on these two little boys, and the two little boys say, we want us to meet Mothra. And they're like, that's that's a tall order, but sure, okay, yeah, why not? And then they bring out the, the two fairy ladies who, who are, like, doll-sized women who are transported in a box. But in this case, they, they come on, like, a little floating platform and land. And, you know, they're like, okay, hello, children, you wanted to talk about Mothra? And they're like, yeah, uh, how are they doing? And they're like, oh, well, one of the Mothras died. So there, there were two Mothras. I think that this is mostly explained in Mothra vs. Godzilla I'm not entirely sure, but the older Mothra died, but the younger little baby one is still doing fine. Keeping things safe, they do their song to show Mothra, I guess, and then that that was their variety show appearance. But they're getting on a boat to head back to Infant Island, their place of origin. I guess. And suddenly the prophet lady appears. And of course the journalist was also there to I guess see see the the fairy women off. And the the prophet is warning, like, hey, don't get on the boat. Just don't don't get on the boat. Refusing to elaborate again. <laughs> Like, she can tell the future, but, man, does she not like to elaborate. The basic warning that she should have given was, the ship's gonna, you know, sink. And even though she was correct on her previous prediction, she's not believed here, for some reason. But, she shooed away, the little fairy women kind of look at each other and like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. And... (laughs) disappear and the journalist, you know, snatches up the prophet slash princess and is like, I'm a friend, come with me, and takes her to a a safe house, I guess, basically puts her up in a hotel. And <laughs> uh, it just so happens to also be the hotel where her assassins are staying. So, earlier, again, her assassins, like, arrived. And they were like, we're keeping things on the down low, right? And he's like, yeah, we got you in a... We... we Quiet little hotel. It's, it's all good. Yeah, just so happens to be the exact same hotel that she's staying at. They hesitate because, you know, not only are they staying in the same hotel, they're on the same floor across the hall from each other. So... <laughs> They so happen to be out and about in the hallway when they arrive. And she, like, looks at them, but has, like, no recognition. So, he has hesit- like, the, the main assassin guy hesitates because he's like, well, she saw me but didn't react, so I don't, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait on doing anything, because
1: we-, we can't be certain. So... <laughs>
0: While in the room, uh, it's revealed that the little fairy women are are also in that room. They stowed away because they're like, yeah, no, we we understood what she was talking about. um, (laughs) Like, we get it. And the reporter's like, what do you mean? And the prophet lady, lady from Venus is like, it's too late. Like, it doesn't matter, it's too late now. And it's revealed what it is. At first, you're like, "Oh, it's like whales or something, but no, it's Godzilla. Godzilla was, I guess chasing the whales to to eat, probably, and just decides to destroy the ship using his one and only use of atomic breath this film uh so it was she was portent, portenting that um Godzilla was going to come, but didn't actually warn them. That he was Godzilla. They might have taken a, a, a Godzilla attack as maybe slightly serious if she was a little more specific, you know, just just a little bit more. Um. But she, she's she's like chomping at the bit to get out of the room because she needs to warn about more things. There's more stuff to warn about, and the journalist lady's like, "Don't worry about it. You can do it from this room." You can tell the entire world from this room. You don't have to leave. And so she sits down and is like, okay. But then she gets a call that her brother's downstairs and is, you know, she's like, do you want me to let him up? And she's like, no, no, hold on. Keep him there. I'll be down in a minute. So she rushes off. The gangsters decide to confront the princess slash prophet by trying to Show that she's the princess. And he's like, where's the bracelet? And she's like, I mean, I'm from Venus, but I do vaguely remember wearing a bracelet. And he's like, where is it? And she's like, I gave it to a poor man. This is where, before,
1: um, while
0: Police Brother was trying to you know, convince his boss that she was still alive, he finds her bracelet and says, hey, uh, a guy was trying to sell it at, like, an antique shop. And so they brought him in and questioned him, questioned him, and he was like, hey, yeah, so she, like, she came to my boat in the middle of the ocean, gave me the bracelet for my hat and jacket, and then he's like, okay, well, look, look at these people. Are any of these her? And he's like, oh, yeah, these two. They're, they're the same. That's her. And they're like, okay, cool. Now we know that is the princess. Though the chief's still like, but how did she, how is she the only one to survive? It's a little bit weird. And the, the brother's like, well, I mean, there, there was one thing that was a bit odd. And it cuts to... The guy from the UFO Society, who says that she likely survived because when she jumped out of the plane, the explosion opened up a rift between the dimensions, and she was able to slide between the dimensions to survive. And that's the only official explanation we're properly given as to how she survived. Like, it's very... It's very weird, <laughs> but that again that is the only official explanation we're given as to how she survived the plane explosion sure, <laughs> and you she's being held at knife by um by the assassins um after police brother convinces journalist sister that. You know, he's just there to protect her and whatnot. And he's, you know, cued it up with a scientist to try and, you know, get her cured of her weird semi-amnesia. And they get there just in time as the little fairy woman had turned off the light to reduce the chance of her getting murdered. And as they open the door, they scream, oh, assassins. So the guy starts shooting and is able to, you know, scare off the assassins. And she's hiding in, in the uh, fireplace. So from there they take her to the doctor. Now, fun fact about the doctor. The doctor is actually played by the same actor who played the professor in the original Godzilla film. Like, I was sitting there watching the movie, and I was like, he looks very familiar. And he's actually, he's in a lot of, like, samurai movies and whatnot of the era. Like, he's in Yojimbo, he's in The Seven Samurai, and he's in uh, Hidden Fortress. So he's in a ton of those movies. But he's also in a decent amount of monster movies, and specifically Godzilla movies. He's in Godzilla and Godzilla Raids Again as the same guy. Then he's in Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster, and then I think he makes in another appearance, but like as a minor like minor appearance later on. But he's in a good chunk of Godzilla movies. He sadly passed away in the eighties. Um but yeah, it's it's nice to see him again. <laughs> the doctor does some like tests to just like see what's going on and he, he concludes that she's perfectly fine, like there's nothing mentally wrong with her. Like, her her memory isn't being blocked or anything. She's, she's fine. She's perfectly sane. So, uh, let's try shock therapy. <laughs> just see what's going on. Uh, meanwhile, Godzilla had made landfall. And was just hanging out with Rodan, kind of. It's very unclear, like, what's going on. Because we're not given, you know, descriptions of what they're thinking or anything. So... It's just Godzilla looks at Rodan, goes "Gah." Rodan looks at Godzilla, goes "Grah." And then that kind of happens back and forth a couple times and then they just kind of start wandering towards Mount Fuji. <laughs> That's all the context we get. Although as they get closer to Mount Fuji, they like like Rodan starts kind of bugging Godzilla until they eventually do end up in a fight. The little fairy women are also taken to a hearing
1: to to uh,
0: talk talk about potentially bringing in Mothra, because like Mothra can't defeat King Ghidorah because uh, King Ghidorah has now been summoned. The the asteroid that was containing him cracked open and Ghidorah came out, so the little fairy women go and are like, okay, so, I mean, we we can summon Mothra, but Mothra can't do much, currently, because Mothra baby. But, we can, if Mothra were to team up with uh, Rodan and Godzilla, maybe. Like, that's probably the best chance we've got. So, Mothra will have go convince Rodan and Godzilla to stop bickering and to have them all fight King Ghidorah. Simple. Uh, and at that moment, like Ghidorah starts attacking, so they're like, yeah, okay, we're running out of time, do it. So they do their song, summon Mothra, Mothra starts moseying, <laughs> moseying her way towards the mainland, and then during that, when they're like, oh, you know, we were with the prophet, the prime minister, I believe, is like, okay, so where's she? And they're like, oh, they're at this doctor's lab near Mount Fuji. And the assassins who are like watching from a cafe are like, let's go. <laughs> we know exactly where that is, I guess. So so they they go. Uh, every, uh, then the... Who's with the doctor and the prophet? They're getting ready to do the shock therapy. They've got it all set up and everything. And he's like, "Okay, I need you to go set the voltage to like 500, but no more because any more and she'll die." And the, he's like, "Cool." So he goes, turns the big knob to 500, closes the doors, and you know goes back to the doctor. And the assassins are about to shoot him, but he's like, "No, no, no!" Like the main assassin's like, "No, no." We can do this without getting our hands dirty. So he just goes up to the door, turns it all the way up to 3,000. He's like, she won't survive this. Closes the doors, and then... They just kind of hang out. As the doctor is getting ready to flip the switch and, like, you know, accidentally kill her, uh, Godzilla and Rodan, while bickering and fighting, accidentally knock out the power. So, (laughs) problem solved. (laughs) Then as the cop his cop brother is going to investigate and see what was going on. Uh, He just so happens to open the door into the assassins and it ends up in a gunfight. Then the sister reporter slash sister journalist and the, the uh, doll women, the guy she's with picks up a gun, uh, starts shooting at the assassins after also bonking one on the head with a wrench. The assassins start fleeing. Uh, Everyone converges and they start heading heading out. So now it's the reporter, the researcher, the um <laughs> the cop, the prophet, the doll ladies, and then just a few randoms also kind of start tagging along. But they go, the the uh fairy ladies are like, hey, Mothra's here. So they all get out of the car. Go up to a hill to watch the situation and the ladies are nice enough to translate what's going on. So Mothra arrives on scene is like screaming to get their attention but Godzilla and Rodan are too busy fighting. So then Mothra sprays them down with their sticky goo, uh, goo web thing you know what Mothra uses to make a cocoon for herself to turn into normal Mothra. Uh, that gets their attention. Mothra starts talking to them. I mean, <sighs> this is when Godzilla is starting to in- enter his silly era, I guess. Because while, like, Mothra shoots Godzilla first, Rodan starts laughing, then Mothra shoots Rodan, so then Godzilla starts laughing. It's silly. <laughs> but anywho, then Mothra gets up on a hill and is starting to talk to them. And, again, the ladies are nice enough to translate. And it pretty much breaks down to, Hey, you guys shouldn't fight. Uh, we need to help save save the world. Or hum- the, save them from Ghidorah. And they're like, Bah! Humans don't do shit for us. They do nothing but bully us. And then, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Until eventually, it's like, But, you know, it's it's our... We all save, share the planet and whatnot. It's not just theirs. So, you know, save it for yourselves. And the the fairy women are like, oh, I, Mothra's close. Mothra will convince them. But then they're like, nah. So Mothra's like, fine, I'll fight them myself. Or fight uh, Ghidorah myself. So starts wiggling down the hill to start fighting Ghidorah. Immediately gets her shit rocked. And... <laughs> Then Godzilla comes and is like, uh ah, fine. And starts, you know, fighting with uh Mothra. And Rodan also joins in. And then that's pretty much the fight. Um the human crew decide to move up higher on the ridge. They continue watching the uh Godzilla versus Ghidorah. Or everyone versus Ghidorah fight. And they're like, Cool. So So then um The prophet lady ends up disappearing. The cop guy, you know, goes to find her. And in the meantime, one of the scenes slightly prior, um, Ghidorah ended up causing a rock slide that hit the assassin's car, killing all the assassins, save for the main guy. He now reappears here with a sniper rifle and is taking pot shots at the princess cuz she's out praying to the creator of the universe to try to help stop this because it turns out it is explained that she is pretty much possessed she she was possessed by an ancient being that's about 5000 years old Um, from Venus. She no longer has a physical form, so ended up possessing her. And King Ghidorah destroyed Venus, and, like, the Venus people had to flee to Earth. And, you know, in order to survive throughout 5,000 years, they lost their corporeal form. And in doing so, also lost most of their, you know, abilities. Save for one. The ability to tell the future. So. Yeah. <laughs> she's been trying her hardest to warn them about Ghidorah. Um, but, you know, obviously had a lot of trouble doing so. <laughs> but in the end, she's, yeah, you know, fine. The pot shots that the assassin is taking at her ends up giving her a bit of a blow to the head, which supposedly clears up the whole Venus lady issue. She also ends up falling off of a cliff. Um, Eventually, another rock slide ends up happening and takes out the assassin. um, After Cop Guy gets shot a few times, for, you know, good measure. He's fine. Uh, they, They make it out. Eventually, the fight with Ghidorah wraps up Um, the way it wraps up is Godzilla kicks a bunch of rocks until eventually Mothra gets onto Rodan's back and starts spraying, uh, Ghidorah with the silk until Ghidorah is fully, like, cocooned and then Godzilla grabs Ghidorah's tail and, like, flings Ghidorah away and Ghidorah flies away. flies away and that's it. (laughs) They're all satisfied. Mothra goes back to Infant Island with the uh, fairy ladies while Godzilla and Rodan watch them leave. The princess regains her memory uh, and even has some memory of him saving her the three times and there's like a spark of romance between them but he just wishes her a happy life and they part ways because they're from two different worlds and he technically like they they barely fucking knew each other, so so they knew it couldn't happen. So they they part ways and and the movie ends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this one, it, like I said, it's kind of the beginning of Godzilla's silly era. It's it's very weird that the the very first Ghidorah movie, you know the one that's considered kind of the big bad of a lot of Godzilla movies or the Godzilla franchise is a silly one. It, it like it, it's silly because, you know, you know Godzilla laughs and I think it was that they were trying to imbue more humor into it because this is this is around the time where they start using Godzilla to start targeting a, a younger audience. You know, going from the super serious original Godzilla to, you know, someone who can fight big monsters. So this is when they start kind of funneling towards the the more silly things. And while not all of the rest of the Showa era is super silly, it, it's still kind of silly, <laughs> you know? Uh, because literally the next movie is where the infamous... Silly Godzilla moment where he slides along his tail in, in space. That's from Invasion of Astra Monster, which, or Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, which is where Godzilla fights a brainwashed Ghidorah and is kidnapped by aliens. <laughs> so, yeah. Then there's uh, Everdrive Horror of the Deep, which I haven't seen. I need to, but I believe it's him fighting a giant, like, lobster or something. <laughs> Um, Then there's Son of Godzilla and Destroy All Monsters and All Monsters Attack. All Monsters Attack is like notoriously bad. At least I think it's All Monsters Attack. It's either that or Destroy All Monsters. Let me see. Let me take a look because the, they get interchangeable a lot. So that one is that one, and then this one is yeah, yeah. So all monsters attack. I believe is the one that,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's bad. It's the one that's all clip show, pretty much. Where the one before that's a bit better. It still has Manila, but it's a bit better. Uh, but yeah. So destroy all monsters is the one that's slightly better. But yeah, ever since they did that, it kind of. Is- Rough, but then it kind of starts regaining some traction with Gaigan, Megal- Megalon, Mechagodzilla, Terra of Mechagodzilla, and then eventually it's rebooted with Return of Godzilla. Then it goes Biolante, King Ghidorah, the new one, Mothra, Mechagodzilla 2, Space Godzilla, Destroyer 2000, Megirdus, you yeah, know, so on and so forth. And then the one that we're doing next, which is Giant Monsters All Out Attack. One that I have not seen, I don't believe. Uh, But funnily enough, it sounds like it's going to be very similar to the one that we just watched. But maybe more serious? Question mark? We'll find out. Uh, I don't know. Um, But yeah, overall, I would say that this is a fine movie. It's not the best. Best one, for sure. It's fun in which, like, overall I enjoyed, like, the human side, because the human side of the story was you know, fairly silly, and it's kind of the main portion of the story. Otherwise, Godzilla and whatnot feels kind of tacked on. Like, overall, yeah, she was there to warn them about the monsters coming back and and whatnot, but it just doesn't feel right, because... They're barely in it until the very end. And it takes a lot of like at first you're like, okay, maybe it's like a territorial thing, but why are they both just kind of moseying their way towards Mount Fuji? Uh they just are. Um Why did they start fighting? Again, maybe it's a territorial thing. We're never given the explanation. He, he, they just start fighting. And then it ends up making it look like they're just bickering children, especially when you start getting the con- context from from Mothra uh, and the, the twin fairies. Where where you're like, okay, yeah, they, they were just, I guess, bickering. Like, they even say, you know, he needs to apologize first. Now he needs to apologize first. It's just like, why are you doing this? Like ah. There's no explanation for for why the fight even started. And it's... And then they're like, but humans are bullying us. It's like, you guys literally destroy them so frequently. You just come in and wreck their shit. Yeah, of course they bully you a bit. They're trying to get rid of you. Because you're destroying
1: cities completely.
0: (laughs) But yeah. The special effects are fine. Uh, I mean, I like that Godzilla's eyes move, which is pretty fun. Uh, it's nice to see Rodan in this movie. Uh, this is Rodan's first film in the Godzilla-averse. Um, after having his solo film in uh, in Rodan. <laughs> uh which overall is an okay movie, That it kind of splits itself into two separate movies. It's a bit weird. But, yeah, nice to see Rodan. It's very funny that Mothra is is in this and is a baby the entire time. <laughs> it's the baby form of Mothra the entire time, which is kind of hilarious. uh, uh not, not a big fan of... Uh, it, it, baby Mothra's, like, look. The, the face is always a bit weird. I get that it's a bug, but it looks so plasticky to me. But overall, it's fine. I like how Mothra moves. Uh, uh... Yeah, th- I mean, there was some pretty good special effects overall. I enjoyed uh, Ghidorah's summoning sequence, I guess you could call it. Where the asteroid, like, cracks... And, like, smoke is blowing out. And there's, like, sparklers everywhere. It's very reminiscent. Or, not really reminiscent because it's technically one of the first ones to do it. But how a lot of the, like, Heisei movies to follow are all, like, you know, explosions and things in a very obvious, like, soundstage area. It's very like that and I found it very fun Um, the fact that Ghidorah doesn't come out of the asteroid it just like it's implied that like the mist that's like this or steam that's coming out of the asteroid is Ghidorah and then like it, it coalesces into Ghidorah in the end Again, very silly very weird it was very weird, since again it started out with them at a UFO society. This movie, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think that we'll call it the, I a A lot of people do enjoy this movie, and I, I I have to say that it's definitely not the worst Godzilla movie. It, it's all out of that's That uh, <laughs> that I believe is probably the the, the worst one. Um, the one where it's just clip show and Manila's fucking front and center and can talk. Fuck that shit. (laughs) It's just so weird. Um, but no, it's just that you can feel things no longer being any kind of serious. And it's really the, the beginning of the Godzilla hero arc. And technically, the true beginning of that t- kind of falls on Godzilla raids again, where Godzilla, you know, fights uh, Angurus. Yeah, Angurus the Ankylosaurus, um, the the giant fucking Ankylosaurus. <laughs> um, yeah, so it technically kind of begins there, where they f- like he fights the monster, though he's not doing it for any kind of Altruistic purpose. Technically, in this one, he is convinced through Mothra being willing to um to fight technically on the side of humanity. In fact, you know, no one even mentions Godzilla after Ghidorah's gone. Even though Godzilla and Rodan are just hanging out on a hillside. But yeah. I, I, I highly recommend that you watch. I highly recommend that you watch all the Godzilla movies, but maybe skip All Out Attack because that one does really hurt to watch.
1: Um. Uh, yeah. With that said, um, I think that's it. The the uh. Blah, blah,
0: blah, blah. I, I I I'm done doing Call of Duty. Modern Warfare live streams for the moment. Uh, I might hop in at some point to do Modern Warfare 3. But sometime this week, we will be doing something else. Probably Dark Souls. Probably. I feel like I need to do some research to figure out where the hell I'm going. Maybe just find a fucking map or something. <laughs> I might look up a map or something to see, see where I need to go. Because I, I recognize where I am. M, and I have a feeling of where I need to go but I kind of want confirmation before I start throwing my head at that particular wall or I will be doing um, mafia we'll figure it out I did get my stick my stick for my webcam and now my webcam is a lot less in danger of just falling over if I move my hand wrong <laughs> It's now a decent chunk away from me, so I can't touch it by sticking my arm out or knock it over. And things are generally pretty clear, so we're all good there. But, uh, yeah, some other things might be in the works. I don't know yet. We will find out, hopefully, in the coming days or coming weeks. We'll see. I'm just waiting on responses, and with any luck, uh, things things will happen. We'll see. As for other things, I do still need to figure out an edited like video series. maybe I still haven't fully figured that out i I might do I might pick something and and figure it out <laughs> but that that's for me to to worry about otherwise that that is that. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you guys liked this, feel free to give it a like comment subscribe check out my other stuff. Around, Um, Of course, um, if you're on YouTube, there's plenty of other stuff. There's my LEGO Pirates series, my LEGO Jurassic World series. Uh, I played the terrible Republic Heroes. Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Republic Heroes. Feel free to check out any of those things. Or uh, my sadly-ended Sims series um, that just kind of ended... Ages ago. That one seems popular for some reason. Feel free to check it out. I'll figure out something else to play for another series. But in the meantime, feel free to check out other things. Uh, Yeah, feel free to rate and review this on your podcast catcher of choice. Follow it. Send it to your friends. um, Say, hey, you want to hear a weird guy talk about this thing? Here you go. He sometimes uh, covers recent stuff. Otherwise... He goes into some weird places. <laughs> uh But yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening, uh, however you consumed this media. And I will talk to you guys uh, next time. Goodbye.